of Yahweh bless any scripture that I share that is from you, your truth, your knowledge, and your wisdom. For they that have an ear, let them hear. They that have a spiritual eyesight, Father, that they seek your word, seek your face and the truth in all things, all manners. And that this is your platform, your truth, knowledge, and wisdom, Father God. Abba Yahweh Amen. Yeshua Amen. Parakutos Amen. So, Lord is a fine teacher. I'm going to share a couple things I've been thinking of uh, the last couple days. And, you know, don't get your knickers in a twist over this because, like I repeatedly tell you, you seek offense, you will surely find offense. But here's the thing that, and actually, I think God liked a little humor this, but it's, um, it's an analogy that fits in that God being who he is and how he is. Um, and those younger millennial individuals that won't remember any of these or have maybe not heard them or possibly tooling around on the internet and they saw some of these things from years gone by as there were a couple commercials and just seeing and remembering the Lord and how he is and how he does with us and has done so in particular with me is that um, there was an old older commercial on I remember when um, and one of my first watches was Timex and now they're just out there everywhere and but back in the day it was a really inexpensive I'm talking about a cheap cheap watch but it wasn't cheaply made it used to still be made in the U.S. And um, it was something that the production was proud of. But here's the thing. Their, their saying for the commercial was Timex. Takes a licking and keeps on ticking. And how has that got anything to do with God? And God doesn't really take a licking except that he comes in the midst of whatever combat that we are in. He comes into that for our sake for our for his love for us, our safety, he doesn't take lickings. He more the contrary will hand them out when necessary. But he is always reliable. That was the point that they were trying to make with the Timex technology. Reliability. And that no matter what it was a reliable, functional timepiece, and that you could, you could, you could rely on it, and that's the point that I'm making: is that God is reliable. God promises always to be with us, for us, standing before us for protection, standing behind us and guarding, standing to each side for protection and companionship. God is reliable. God is faithful and true to his word. And then there's another one. This is a newer analogy. And that it's, it's a battery commercial. And it has the, uh, what is that? Uh, what's it? Oh, they call him the Energizer Bunny. Keeps on going 
and going and going and going and their deal is that it has so much juice or so much power that you can always rely on it. Well, here's the thing. God is much greater and can rely on him and his energy, his blessings, his treasure is boundless. There is no end. His love for us is endless. And he is so full of love and compassion and cares for us so deeply that he can walk beside each and every single one of us on our own with him, abiding with him personally, a personal relationship with God. And he will look directly at us, directly in our eyes and tell us, you are my own. I love you. And then he can go to another and do the same thing, the very same thing. It would not be a lie because we are his own. He loves us so deeply that we are each his own. He loves us. Remember what I shared with you. That he plays no favorites. He regards no man's or woman's status. He is a respecter of no man or woman. What does that mean? That means he doesn't care what you have or have not, and he doesn't care how much you have or have not in the temporal plane of existence. What God cares about is what you have in the character of your heart. Where is your heart? If you put your focus on what you have or you have not, then your focus is on that and your heart is there where you apply it to your treasure. And your treasure has been placed in your mindset and in your heart greater than God. And that is idolatry. There are many, many that do that very thing. And though the currency may say, in God we trust, is your trust truly in God or is it in the almighty dollar? And there are many, many, even those that are supposed to be in leadership and protecting our right to worship God, except that there are those elected officials that are despising that. They don't want us to have freedom of religion and be able to worship God, and they're trying to get that statement erased from our currency because they claim that it's offensive. Hmm. My Bible teaches and my teachers express that if you are offended by the word of God and if you are offended by God, then you are of the minion of hell. If it's a disposition to you, then you do not have your mindset or heart set in the right direction. If you find what I just said offensive, 
Let me say it again. Then your mindset and you are of the minions of hell. Because if you despise the word of God and anyone that shares the word of God and you claim all these other issues for, for it to be offensive, well, here's another word that's going to get you really riled up. Then you're a liar. Because the offense is coming from the interference of the white noise that comes from the minions of hell and is orchestrated by Satan. Just like Jesus told the Sanhedrin when he stood in front of them and he told them that you do not know the truth. You won't recognize the truth because you don't speak the truth because you speak the language of your father. Satan, the devil. Oh, he told them straight up. I'll tell you the same thing. If you're so offended by the word of God, and like I tell you, my credentials come from Heaven Sent University, then you can just stop listening and don't, don't think yourself so high and mighty that you uh, want to orchestrate woke. Just stop listening. You don't have to listen. That's your choice. This is a thing that God gave all of us, a free will choice. We have a choice to listen to his word. We have a choice to say yes I do, yes, I will, Holy Spirit, let's go. You have that right, you have that choice to make. He gave us a free will because he wanted us to choose freely and not be robotic. So this word that I have to share is very important and, and it comes from several teachings actually and and um, this comes from, and stirred up by me, by my, my lead pastor, who I, I really like a lot. I love his love a lot, not like a lot, love a lot. He, he teaches with his heart, he teaches with his passion. And one thing he brought up Sunday and that I've shared before, my saying it was different, but I like the way he said it. And it has to do with the relationship of self-made. And he applied some different things. First of all, no man or woman is self-made. Let's get that straight. God created all things, and by him all things are created. And it talks about the word of God, the word being Jesus, who was with him from the beginning. We can go to, to John. And let me flip a couple pages over here because I didn't mark it. I just, I'm being caught up in... And the first letter of John, John 1.1. 1, 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. Hmm. Interesting connotation. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and 
heard, declare we unto you that we also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. Wow, that's a powerful thing. And here, here's one that's very important. I'm going to skip down to 16. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. Those are some pretty bold and powerful statements from Jesus' brother. Oh, yes. Remember I shared with you, Salome, James and John's mother, earthly mother, was Mary's sister, which means that James and John are Jesus' earthly cousins. Okay, sorry about that. I, I said brother, cousin. They are his earthly cousin. John the baptizer was his cousin. And you have... Uh, Jesus' earthly brothers and sisters. Remember, Jesus ran into this problem when he went to Nazareth and was trying to, out of compassion for his mother, was trying to share and do some things there, and he couldn't do anything because there was no faith. And what did they say? We know who your family is. We know who you are. What authority do you come in here speaking any of this to us? We know your father. We know your mother. We know your brothers and sisters. Jesus' earthly family did consist of brothers and sisters, and he did have cousins. And John... shared this. And this is not John the baptizer. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and life was the light of men and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Pretty powerful. <coughs> Pardon me. <coughs> Pardon me. Those are powerful statements. Those are talking about Jesus. The word of life, the word of God, was with God from the beginning and became flesh, and was manifest in the form of Jesus Christ that came to teach and share the love of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. And the directives that he gave to us, and he gave us that we should forgive As the Lord has forgiven us. And there are several words that there's several words that were, were shared by my pastor that I I was intrigued by wrote them down, of course, and, and uh, looked some of these things up. 
Um, there's a word called platonize. This is part of our story and not the story of God that we platonize our existence and our way and what we have and the way we act. And you've heard the term before, platonic. Platonic. Platonic relationship is... something like... um, It's in relationships. They don't want to have any deep relationship. They just want it superficial. And we try to explain things in our line in accordance with Platonic principles. So we don't have a personal relationship with God. In our storyline, we have no personal relationship with God. That's sad because he desires that. And God's love is agape love. Without condition. And when... Jesus is talking to the disciples and he's talking to us while he's on the beach. And he talks about, and he questions Peter, actually. He posed the question three times. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And he's not talking about this platonic He wants a personal relationship. He's not talking about eros, which is the intimate relationship between a man and woman. What he was talking about and trying to and alluding to was agape love, unconditional love, without condition. Kind of like we saw that happened in history in yesterday's course of events back in 2001. that there were men and women that were giving up their life. And Jesus expresses there was no greater gift than a man to lay down his life for his brother. Men and women. And of course, I'm talking to and I'm going to relate to the Twin Tower incident where thousands of people died. You had men and women that were first responders and some not and died. And then some held on but were affected by the chemicals that were in was in the dust and they had finally succumbed to that thing that I've shared with you before called humanity. The consequences of humanity. And yet there are many who will try to blame that. Well, if God is so loving, why did he let? Why did he do? And why did he say? Well, first of all, understand this. Remember that God gave us a free will. And if we choose to ignore the things that we should do, ought to be doing, and we do what we want to do and claim to be these self-made things, which are totally contrary to God's storyline, and we apply it to our storyline, we are still given an invitation to have a personal, never-ending relationship with Lord God Almighty where we came from and everything that we have anyway is from God. There are no self-made men or women. No such thing started with God 
came down to earthly parents, earthly family members, earthly business associates. There is no such person as a self-made. So these indignant, self-righteous, self-absorbed, arrogant individuals that claim to be self-made and people will fall down and worship them, literally fall down and worship them. I have seen, and this is so deplorable, altars that are set up to worship these individuals. I have seen altars that are set up with their photograph and candles and everything around it. And it's not, <laughs> it's not a memorial, memorial it's a worship altar because a person's still alive. And that's, that's pretty sad, actually. And we have, there are issues that need to be addressed with that. But the only way that we can do that is through the Holy Spirit. And the word of God. I remember what I shared with you. is a trying of the Holy Spirit. And another word that was shared. Uh, was the word paganized. Which is kind of what we do with our. Uh, in the manner of our stereotyping and we tend to drive this in a lot of things, stereotypical ideas that we drive toward things. And sadly to this, and this was, um, I'm going to share this. I, I, this is not about me, but I, I had to, um, this was an older man, even older than I am if you can believe that, but this man was so filled with dark and light skin hatred and racism and what he did in front of me and, and was being very, very mean, obnoxious, nasty, and, um, you know, and I just was trying to get things so I could get people where they needed to be and get around and not do all this stuff. And then he made a, a racial comment about my skin tone and because the way I was talking and treating him was because of his skin tone, which actually had nothing to do with it, but had to do with the rules that I was trying to follow and get accomplished. And I just looked at him and I said, you know what, that's nasty and very racist. I said, what you don't know is that I have probably have more mother African blood in me than you do. And simply because of the color of my skin, I said, racism has no place here around me and it's not a good thing. And then he just sat down and he didn't have a response. He didn't know what to say. But this is what we do. We make things stereotypical. And this is part of what that is. We make things stereotypical. Our, our hatred, our disposition toward others, our derisiveness, we make things stereotypical. And that means lumping things all into one lump sum and, and that we, um, <laughs> we don't lick the things truthfully. And we have to remember that the love that we have to share is not that stereotypical love of mammon, which is about uh, eros or 
paleo love, which is brotherly love toward one another, which is the just no interpersonal relationship, really, you just kind of are there, but an agape love. As we are God's sons and daughters, we are created of our Lord God Almighty. And here's the other thing we have to remember too, is that we are not expected to be perfect. I've shared this with you before. Our margins are not justified. Remember that word justification I shared with you in regards to printing. The left margin is straight and aligned. And if you have certain kinds of forms, there may be a double space indent just for paragraph, but the margins are justified. They're in alignment. The right-hand margin, because words are all different, they're a little bit longer and a little bit shorter, the same way that we are. We are different one from another, except that God desires that we be like-minded. We are all in the same story, and he desires that we are in his story, and that we share agape love. He does not expect us to be perfect. He knows we're not perfect, except the pro- the pose to that is that Jesus still came for us. He still came and agreed to come and be crucified, knowing that we had no perfection and didn't respond to God, say, hey, wait a minute, Father, they're not like I am. They're not perfect. I can't. I can't go down there and deal with this. No, he didn't argue the point. He said, I will. Let's go. And then when he knew that he was getting ready to be recalled home, what did he do? He offered a comforter. He said, I will ensure that another comes for you, to comfort you, to lead you, to guide you, to teach you. And what was sent? Paracletos the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God that he took and sent for us, for our guidance. Jesus did this for us. He did it without question. He did it so completely without question. And he came to this plane of existence. So when he came here, certain heavenly attributes were left in heaven. He didn't bring them all. Could have called on them anytime, anytime, anytime. He could have said, Lord, Father, God, I know what we said, but take this cup from me. I can't do this. And there would have been dispatched 10,000 angels to destroy the world. The known world would have been history and set him free. Except that he did not. He went to Calvary. He was crucified on Golgotha, mound of the skull that he climbed after being nearly beaten to death and could barely walk, carrying the beam from the cross on his back and was so beaten and downtrodden that one was called out and had to come and help carry the cross. And he went, he ascended and they laid him down on the timbers and they nailed his hands and feet to the cross 
large spikes driven through his flesh. And then they raised the cross for him to hang there, bloody, beaten, in shame and ridicule. They threw stones at him. They spat at him. And these are the religious elders of the synagogue and temples crying for his crucifixion. When the regent, Pontius Pilate, found him not guilty, what am I to do? What do you want to do? But he was politically directed because he was fearing in the numbers of the people and knowing, as it is typically now, that we don't have the number of law enforcement that are, that are far outnumbered. It was the same thing back then. Nothing has changed. And they cried for his crucifixion and decided that a thief and a murderer to be released and take to Jesus to the cross to be crucified. Those who were supposed to be the elders of the right and the teachings, as they call it, the laws of Moses, which is so hypocritical anyway, because they claim to be these elders and study the Torah. It wasn't Moses' law anyway. It was a law of God that was given to Moses to deliver. Just like I try to explain to people, when I am delivering something and it's a blessing from God, I tell them, you thank God, I am just a delivery man. Only mine. I'm just, it's God. Thank God. It's his gift. And, you know, I've shared this before and I, I want to share this again because we are truly in a spiritual warfare. And we need to remember this, and this is holy truth. And this goes, I'm, I'm directing this more for those that say that, oh, we just have to sit back and we don't have to do anything. God's got that we win in the end. Um, and I try to remind you all that we have going on around us all the time, a spiritual warfare, things that we cannot see. It's for our protection because God does not want us to be scared, literally scared to death by some of these things that are going on and these demons that come that are real, incidentally. In 2 Corinthians 10 and 4, this has to do with the armor of God and Paul's writing in his letter to the church at Corinth. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. And our warfare, of our warfare, are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Do ye look on things after the outward appearance? If any man trusts to himself that he is Christ, let him 
of himself think this again. What is Paul saying? Better second think what you're observing. You better second think of what the appearances of these people that you think are so destitute and so poor. You don't know what the character of their heart is. And it says be cautious because you never know when you're entertaining an angel. I've shared with you before that I have seen things. God has allowed me to share space with those that reside in heaven. And know this as well. And I'll tell you, you don't want to believe it. That's fine. Because people said the same thing about Jesus. They said the same thing about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Stephen. They stoned him to death because they didn't want to believe what he was saying. Paul was ultimately martyred for his truth and his knowledge and wisdom. John was the only one who was on. They tried to boil him in oil, and that didn't work. And he finally was sent to the island of Patmos, and he wasn't even alone there. In mindset of mammon, he was alone. But in spiritual mindset, he was never alone always ministered to by angelic hosts and vision was sent by Jesus which is what the chapters in the beginning of the book of Revelation is about and so many people go to the negative with the book of Revelation they call it apocalyptic they call it no. do you know what the word apocalypto means the word apocalypto simply comes from a Greek word that means the unveiling that's what it means unveiling the pulling back of the shroud, the pulling back of the tapestries. What happened in the Holy of Holies? In every single temple when Jesus Christ was crucified, they were rent from top to bottom, pulled back and separated so that every single man, woman, and child that had the hard desire to seek God, speak to God on their own, could do so. Just like Jesus told the woman at well, soon there will be a time when you can worship God anywhere because the Samaritans were not allowed to go to the church. Why? Because the allegedly chosen people of God chose to hold on to things that happened during a time when none of them were even alive, but they held on to the past pointed their fingers at each other, not just the Samaritans at the Jews, but the Jews at the Samaritans. Yeah, we remember what your father, great-grandfather, and great-grandfather, and great-grandfather did, and we're not going to forgive you for that. Oh, really? Wow. So things that you weren't even alive, just like they try to do in this country now with all this other stuff that's going on. Wait a second. I wasn't in existence, so how is it my fault? You were in existence, so how do you even know? Hmm. We have to remember that we are in a spiritual warfare and those that claim that we are not and here the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. They are not carnal. They are not of this carnal plane of existence. Spiritual warfare. We are in a spiritual warfare. And like it says in Corinthians... In that book, it talks about the imaginings. 
casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. What did we talk about just a few days ago? I shared this about the molehills being pushed into mountains in our imagination. We see that they are so high we can't climb over them, we can't go around them. We can't do it. Is that the reality? Or is that in our imagination that we have allowed them to come that way? And what about the spies that went into the land of Canaan? And we do the same thing now. We saw ourselves as grasshoppers. God can't do that. They're too big. And he taught me a very valuable lesson. Myself, personally, happened here. Is that I was indeed allowing imaginings to be infiltrating my thought process. Wow, did I. And then, snap of a finger, because I'd been talking to God, and he knew. He knew what was going on. And he revealed that he had it under control. Even with the imaginings that I had going on, he revealed to me, because I kept coming back and reaching out and trying to grab his hem of his garment and pay attention and be that way, and, and I was fighting to stay there. And yes, I said fighting to, because when the white noise interference comes from the minions of hell, they fight to keep our imaginations in the dark and to keep us from the place that we need to be, beside the Lord. And he showed me that he had me in his hand. That revelation came and powerful. But remember this, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So we need to ensure that our mindset is right. We need to ensure that we are of the same mindset as our brothers and sisters. Uh, this comes from, we're going to follow the regula fidele. Rule of faith, we're going back in time. We're going to go back in time and space and we're going back to the book of Isaiah 30 and 15. And I'm going back here to my Hebrew Bible since we're going back in the Old Testament and reminder that this Bible because they don't they don't follow that the New Testament and the Messiah. Some, sadly, some are still looking for the Messiah <coughs> to make appearance and not realizing that he's already come and gone. So we're going to go to Isaiah 30 and 15. And I'm, going to, I'm flipping some pages here. This is written a little different, and sometimes I forget the way that it faces... Um, and the facing pages are differently written because you go from right to left and not left to right. So, I'm uh, getting to my apologies. Oh, here we go. So, if we go to Isaiah 30 and 15...
And he tries to remind us of this. That we have to keep this in mind. And it's, it's difficult for many to do. For thus said my God, the Holy One of Israel, you shall triumph by stillness and quiet. Your victory shall come about through calm and confidence. But you refused. No, you declared we shall flee on steeds. Therefore, you shall flee. We shall ride on swift mounts. Therefore, your pursuers shall prove swift. Wow. So, that word is a declaration that when you say and you believe, and this is a sad thing, and the word shares that with us and and my... um, mentors, that we choose to decide that in sitting back, kicking back, relaxing, and staying in God's calm and quiet and refreshing ourselves, that that somehow is not appropriate because we are so used in the hubbub of this day and time that we need to be going, 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 going. Up until the time that we're gone. Pretty sad. But here's the truth, that we don't need to keep doing that. And that taking time down to stay quiet, to stay calm and relax. Remember what Isaiah also said? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. We shall walk and never faint. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord, to wait upon you. This is the word of God that he gives to each of us because he loves us. You are in my prayers on my going out, my coming in. Daily I pray, your boldness, your courage, your uprightness, know and teach that agape love, share that agape love, show out the agape love of Lord God Almighty. Hashim, Abba Yahweh, our Heavenly Father, maker of all things made.